0: An Eichel backhander on goal save. Rebound and score! Barba Sheffield's 7-1 Golden Knights. The party is on
1: in Las Vegas.
2: Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studio and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. What has
1: happened here
2: has been simply incredible. Not only is Vegas a hockey town...
1: You look back at the third preseason game, the first time that the Golden Knights were back at the fortress since winning the Stanley Cup on June 13th, the game last night against the Los Angeles Kings, was, was that the most segregated game that you've ever seen in the sense of all three periods were dramatically different <laughs> yeah. than each other or, or all four periods? were dramatically different than each other because the overtime was wide open and fantastic uh, mm-hmm. compared to uh, a tightly contested game or, or low event game through the first three periods. But Vegas was awesome early. Mm-hmm. Great flow. You had the melee in the second with the big hit by Hayden Hodgson on Mark Stone that carried over, uh, wafting in and out of different uh, possibilities of it expanding and going beyond just that situation. And the third period was the LA Kings comeback. Mm -hmm. There was was no connection at all to one period
0: to the next. It was three separate games and then really, really fun pond hockey. Like that's, that's kind of how I look at it. As you mentioned, I thought the Golden Knights were good in the first period. It it was a, it was a really strong period from them. It, it, It felt like a continuation of sorts from June 13th. And then the hit happens and it, it kind of changed the game, at least changed the the complexion of the second period. And then the Kings pushed. Like they were right there. They they pushed and, and you gotta give those players on the ice credit for pushing the way that they did in the third period. They, they force they pushed, but they didn't really push. Like they were opportunistic. Okay, that's that's probably probably a better way to put it because you look at that third goal from McKeel Thomas, like you, you replicate that play over and over and over again. That puck goes wide. More often than it goes in the net. Mm, uh,
1: I think there's skills coaches all over North America today who had their kids working on that play and they're going to put it into the hockey schools next week. Really? No. Okay. No, not a
0: chance. You're, you're good. It was, it was a total yeah, backhand. That's what, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Pickleball type <laughs> shot. Um. So, and then, and then overtime was awesome. Like I loved overtime. It was phenomenal. I, I wasn't mad at getting three on three hockey, It was was up-tempo. There were chances on both ends, multiple breakaways. Aiden Hill goes two-pad stack. I love that, even though it didn't result in the save. But, yeah, it it was essentially four different games.
1: Yeah, four for the price of one. Love it. Uh, I'll take it. And then we'll get back into it tomorrow night against the Arizona Coyotes, the Vegas Golden Knights, searching for their first victory of this preseason. you're not going to be able to judge uh, the National Hockey League preseason as a way to gauge what's going to happen in the National Hockey League regular season. It's just not going to happen. It it might be slightly more telling than baseball or football, but not much more. Mm -hmm. That's the reality of it. Uh, You do want to generate some confidence. Uh, They were able to score more than two goals last night, which was great. So, like It looked like there might be a breakthrough uh, there w- when Brennan Berson scores and mm-hmm. it just, like, goes straight through Berube. And in the net, you, you kind of got the feeling that it could be one of those uh, big scoring nights. Didn't uh, didn't happen. Uh, you like to hold on to the lead, like to protect it when the other team's got the uh, the goalie pulled. Uh, there's There's a few different things that you would like to, but you're not there yet where you're concerned or you're saying... We gotta we gotta really make sure that we do something right in this particular game to make sure that we have things going in the right direction going into the regular season. Tomorrow night is not that night, mm-hmm. even being zero, two and one. Mm-hmm. That changes next week. Sure. And it may not change Tuesday, but if you're still in this situation, then Thursday and, and Saturday become uh, a lot more uh, important mm-hmm. as a way to establish yourself. But don't anybody get uh, over-anxious in evaluating the result yet. I'm giving it till Thursday. And I'm, I'm not worried at all. There's different things that you'd like to tighten up. But it, it's the NHL preseason, I, I'd love to tell you that it's... It's a. It's going to be a forecaster mm-hmm. because these games are important because we're doing them on television, you're doing them on radio, and and we're all uh, uh, paying uh, money to go to the games. But it's just not. Mm. It's it, it's not going to have a bearing uh, on
0: on what happens starting October 10th. No, it, it's not. And you know, Bruce Cassidy talked about the evaluation period. You know, more or less extending out until tomorrow night. Right. So you're still in evaluation mode. You're still trying to get a gauge on certain players, and you're still trying to just get guys up to speed, get the rust off from a summer partying with the Stanley Cup, enjoying the Stanley Cup. So, you know, I I look at, you know, Tuesday, I want to see maybe a little bit of improvement just based on the players that are going to be in perhaps their second or third time around. But I'm with you in that I think Thursday is probably the tune-up game, right? Like, you want to see closer to a full lineup on Thursday night next week and you want to see that the team is kind of dialing in on certain things so that they're ready to go for opening night so san jose game number one of the
1: preseason Mm -hmm. was a bad luck first period where pucks just seemed to find holes and san jose scored four goals it was uh, four one after one and it was even for two periods vegas was actually i thought the better team they were for the, for the final two periods, even with San Jose having more veterans in the lineup. Vegas mm-hmm. only had four guys uh, from the cup clinching night skating in that one. Game two in Colorado was very much a low event night yes. all the way around. It yep. was a Sunday night after a Saturday night party night, in the sense of Saturday and party night was the Stanley Cup playoffs, mm-hmm. and then. Sunday when everybody just kind of goes through it, uh, there I don't know what you can necessarily take uh, for Logan Thompson uh, played a, p- a period and a half there, yep. so that that was good. There's was Cormier scored and uh, we we saw some uh, some interesting results from players that are trying to make a, a name for themselves. Sheldon mm-hmm. Uh last night, last night I'd probably say was arguably their best game of the, of the preseason. More NHL talent, but the first two, two periods, they were good. They had 3-1 lead going, going yeah. on the third period. Yeah. It's it fine, and they weren't badly outplayed in the third. So that's I'm, I'm trying to to paint a picture where you don't want to look at the result too much. You want to look at it in, in, in a lot more detail, and you didn't win. It doesn't matter. But there are some some things that I liked about last night.
0: Yeah, I I liked, I mean, I certainly liked the way Jack Eichel looked in the first period, first period and a half, two periods, whatever. Um, I like Jack Eichel on the penalty kill. I think that that's a a really interesting wrinkle as we go into the regular season. How much is Jack going to be utilized in in certain situations on the PK? Um, You know, it was a cool moment for Brendan Brisson to, to take that pass from Jack Eichel and score against... I, I would imagine the team that he grew up rooting for, the Los Angeles Kings, like that's a big moment for him. Um, and then you know the power play, moving the puck around, that quick strike. Jonathan of gets that pass back door from Mark Stone. I thought it you know, looked
1: good in the second opportunity. It, the, it really in the did. Period.
0: And, and that was the thing. Like they scored early, sure, but they were able to move the puck around. There was there was more pace with their with their power play and movement, and um, I I liked that. I I thought that, you know again the. You're right on the money in that this was probably their best game of the preseason, and a couple of bounces in the third period ends up tying the game. Do you want to get
1: deeper into the Eichel penalty kill plan or opportunity
0: right now? yeah.
1: So it's interesting. A lot of guys killed penalties last night. Yeah. There was, I think, only four skaters that didn't see any action Oh, when they were a man short, so uh, there there was a rotation mm-hmm. last night, and they weren't. There wasn't a parade to the penalty box by any means, but uh, it was almost like they, they rolled pretty good uh, short short handed. The the idea of your star player killing penalties is one of hockey's age old debates.
0: Mm-hmm. Where are you on that? It's it's tough because I waffle. Like I'm gonna be just upfront with it. I waffle. Like there are times where I don't even want Mark Stone killing penalties because I want Mark Stone playing five on five. I want his energy conserved for five on five and power play. But he's so good at doing it that you're putting yourself in a in a disadvantageous position by not allowing him to do it. So it, it depends on how good of a penalty killer your star ends up being, and you can't know that until you you know that. Um, in the case of Jack Eichel, I'm for it. I want to see him take on some of those penalty kill minutes that are left on the table with Riley Smith in Pittsburgh.
1: Bruce Cassidy wants his forwards to all be in around 20 minutes of Mm -hmm. ice time. Yep. So if you're going to kill penalties, and on an average night, you take four to five penalties, three to four penalties. Mm Mm-hmm. That, if you're a number one penalty killer, you're going to be upwards of three minutes shorthanded. Sure. Do you want Jack Eichel to be using three of his 20 minutes of ice time in a
0: defensive position? Generally speaking, no. Right. But I think there's opportunity for offense with Jack on the penalty kill. Like, I think... In the same way that Riley Smith could get open and spring himself on a breakaway or Carlson could spring him on a breakaway, I feel like you could do that with Jack and you can, you can find offense in those opportunities. Now, I also don't know that I want Jack to be the number one guy on the penalty kill, first over the boards in all situations. I think that I want to spot him in at certain times where maybe you can catch a second unit and push for that offense.
1: I think if he's in, he's in. Yeah. Probably right from from a from a coaching perspective, if if you're penalty killer, you want to know who you you got going on the basis. You want them getting the reps in practice. You want them doing all the video uh, in in preparation. So if you're in, you're in. If you're out, you're out. You're you in in certain situations. Somebody gets hurt. Somebody gets a ten minute misconduct, and they're they're out of the rotation. Well, you gotta you gotta slide somebody in. But. if Jack's going to kill penalties, Jack's going to kill penalties.
0: I think I want to see it. I want to see it. So you're talking
1: 20% of his ice time. Mm-hmm. 15% of his ice time in a shorthanded situation. Yeah. And the idea that you're trying to sell me on getting offense – from the shorthanded penalty killers and and scoring while a man short, Carlson, Riley Smith, brilliant at it. Mm-hmm. But it's it sounds good.
0: I I know but, it but, does. But you're
1: not you're not out to do that. There's not any really strategy to score shorthanded. It just presents itself you can put pressure on on the on the other team's power play but you're never going into a power play saying or a penalty kill where you're saying we
0: let's go get one shorthanded here like that that just does not happen so i'm aware of that but i think that opportunity can present itself with jack eichel on the ice
1: can but the how many how many shorthanded goals is he gonna score a year like what's a good what, what, what's a good year shorthanded?
0: Five, four, five? Three, four? yeah. Somewhere in there? That's high. like that, that's in the no, high no. end. That's I, in the high, high end. That's fine. So
1: the, the and the other part is just the risk of injury when mm-hmm. you're killing penalties and blocking shots and you're on the defensive, coupled with the energy that you're expended mm-hmm. and chasing the game now i i get it. if if jack is wants to do this and bruce thinks he can do it and there's nothing that uh, we've seen that says that he would be a liability on the penalty kill mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. he he's got great instincts and he's an incredible skater uh, and he's good good defensively, like he's got that part of his game, then do it. But at what expense of being an offensive player and being able to score goals? Is, is Jack that much more accomplished as a penalty killer than the person that he would replace on the PK? Is that that much of a advantageous situation for the Vegas school of the Knights compared to having him five on five for three more minutes a game instead of shorthanded when you don't have the puck for three, three minutes of the game. This is my philosophy. Yeah. That's, that's how I've always looked at it. And again, it is, it has been argued about since the beginning of this game about how to use your star players when, when you're shorthanded, the guys that are supposed to score the goals.
0: Yeah, and, and that's kind of one of those other aspects of it, too. You're going to have those minutes shorthanded anyway. Like, you know, why not have your best players on the ice if they can kill penalties? Except you could have
1: your best players
0: coming on
1: the first shift after the penalty expires mm-hmm. when their best players are going off because they've been on for the power play, and you have a better matchup. Yeah, uh, now, yeah. I, Wayne Gretzky killed penalties. I, I Sidney Crosby kills penalties. Alexander Ovechkin serves the bench minors. <laughs> yes, why does he yes, serve? The, yes. Why does he serve the bench? Because minors? he doesn't kill penalties. No, because he's the first guy on the ice. If they if they kill it off, mm-hmm. he goes right on the ice. That's why they have him serve. He doesn't. He doesn't kill penalties. You're right. Yeah, I shouldn't just dis- dismiss that uh, out of hand. But they put him in the box. It used to be like shame. You put your worst player in there <laughs> to kill a bench minor. Yeah. Or or the goalie's penalty. Yeah. Yeah. The Washington Capitals have always, through multiple coaches, put Ovi in the penalty box because if they kill it he comes right on the ice he's instantly on the ice the other team's best players are going off and he can go on the attack yeah,
0: i for i guess for me like i i don't know if there's you you mentioned like could jack be a a a a boost from what you had prior or could he be as good on the penalty kill as as maybe the player that he'd be replacing in that situation that's what i want to find out mm-hmm. You know what I mean? like I, And I'm not saying right now in this moment, like all 82 games of this season, Jack Eichel must be a, a, a top option on the penalty kill. But I do want to see him in spots. I do want to see how he's able to, if he's at, able to add that layer or, or works well in that situation. Because I, I do think that there are opportunities that could arise if, if Jack is on the ice in every situation. I don't I you know, you, you go through a stretch where you you're killing two, three, four penalties. That's all minutes you don't have one of your best players on the ice. And and to me, I shorthanded five on five power play, like I think Jack can make a difference in every facet of the game.
1: You you can get knocked out of a rhythm. If you take three penalties in a period mm-hmm. and Jack doesn't kill penalties, then you've you've knocked him out of the period. Sure effectively taking him out of the mix. Right. Yeah, giving him a shift there. That that's where it does have the advantage. Except if he's killing three penalties in a period, then then you're using up a lot fatigue. of gas yeah. in the in, yeah. in the tank. So in that situation in that specific point of a game, you you're you're caught either way. Mm-hmm. Really. But on a game by game basis, where you might take a penalty in the first, and two in the second, one in the third, that's spaced out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I would, I would just like to be able to see him first on after the kill, mm-hmm. and go on the attack. And this, this wouldn't, this would be the same for Jack. This would be the same for Sid, who does kill penalties mm-hmm. and is very good at it. Uh, it I th- I want my number one center on a large percentage of the time to be the guy that's pushing the puck instead of defending the puck. Mm-hmm. I understand your philosophy. Have my best player on the ice more. Mm-hmm. Except if he's only if you only wanted to play twenty minutes anyway. Sure. If he's going to kill penalties and you're going to put up to twenty three. That's different, But if you wanted to play
0: twenty and three are defending mm-hmm. I, it's it's that it's the time cap, mm-hmm. right? And I think that that's where you kind of have a, a legitimate conversation at, at, at this point because you know if you if you are able to get the same amount of Jack Eichel five on five in power play and now you're just adding more time onto the back end for the penalty kill, I, I think it's an easier discussion. but you know, if if you're trying to cap him out or or keep him in that in that range, because that's for longevity, that's for juice in the playoffs, that's for getting the most out of Jack Eichel when it matters the most, then you have to have a really tough conversation as to whether or not this is the best usage of his time. I want my best players on the ice at all times. That's that's my philosophy on it, um, and and a lot of my philosophy changed with Mark Stone because he's so good at it. He's such a good penalty killer that it's hard to imagine him not in that role with the Vegas golden Knights. And I think
1: he is slightly different because he comes with that CV, mm-hmm. that part of his resume yeah. in his hockey bank where he, we we know how good he is at reading plays, knocking down pucks uh, and being able to to cause turnovers. We, we know that. And, uh, we admire that, mm-hmm. but he was, a, he came with it and he already did it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The Jack part is new to us. And you, if you're going to stay 20 minutes, you're going to have to give up something mm-hmm. for, for those three to four minutes of, of shorthanded, handed time. And there's, you're Right. I'm right. It's more philosophy yeah, in, in what you
0: believe in. So what do you think happens with him this year? I think he kills penalties. To the, to the degree that, that you're looking at two to three minutes a night? I think he grows into that. Yeah. I think he wants to. It feels like that's the next evolution for him. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we, we saw him grow so much into his game in the postseason, and, and a lot of that had to do with the defensive side of the puck. A lot of that had to do with playing his own zone and, and just being that 200-foot player. And I think that, you know, kind of going into this season, where's the direction for Jack Eichel? What what can he immerse himself in to become even better? I, I think it, it 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 leads him to killing penalties. You
1: yeah, know what's funny about, uh, about Jack is, I think he truly does. I haven't talked to him about it, but given his, his actions and his effectiveness at it, he... Does want to kill penalties, but when it came to playing the point on the on the power play, mm-hmm. you could tell he was not comfortable there at all, and and it was a short, tried mm-hmm. e- experiment. So that's that's where you can you can read into whether he wants to or doesn't want to, uh, without having the the full conversation. Development respect uh, earning. Uh, the uh, ideal of being an all-around player, not just a PP guy, uh, not just a, a point producer, it, it all goes into it. And I, mm-hmm. I think it does end up in, in that area of being maybe not your first over the boards, the penalty killer, but down there. And it also forces you to become better in the draws. Mm-hmm. You You have to increase your faceoff effectiveness when you're the centerman on a penalty kill sure it, it it's 30 seconds 20 seconds of kill time off the clock if you can win that faceoff yeah so there's there's pressure on other parts of his game that may impact and help him out in 5 on 5 or or the uh, or the power play
0: yeah and I, and i i think that's that that's the direction for Jack Eichel right now. Every, every situation you could put him in to make him a better hockey player. And, you know, your point on face offs is, is a big one in that, you know, there, there are moments within a game where, where face offs are incredibly important and, and p- killing penalties is absolutely crucial. Like if you can win that draw, if you can make, make, you know, the other team chase down a puck, bring it back. You've, you've effectively done your job off the hop as the center. So, um, that that would be something like, like a byproduct of having him in that role. It'd be awesome.
1: It would also help them as a penalty killing team to have uh, more depth than that. Mm-hmm. three. You generally have three pairs, and you you'd like to be able to go with two and then slot them, somebody in if if you need to. But generally, you have you have three pairs and then two pairs of of defense that switch off during the course uh, of a penalty kill, and creates a little bit of competition mm-hmm. and nobody likes competition more than Jack. He loves it. They had practice. He's the last guy out there, uh, doing, uh, all, all the kinds of, uh, fun drills and fun competitions that they read games a rebound out there. Um, I just, I'll, I'll be, I'll be interested to, it's one of those little areas of, of this team that, uh, I'll be following throughout the season and I'll be checking the, the shorthanded ice time. Yep. And and seeing Jack take those faceoffs in the defensive zone to start a penalty kill. How often does he do that? Is it Chandler that is the first over the boards? Is it Nick Waugh who takes those shifts uh on the on the penalty kill? Hmm. Who who becomes your most reliant pivot when it comes to we gotta kill this off? When it when it gets to the point. It's crucial in the game, third period, seven minutes to go. You're up by a goal. You take a penalty. At what point this season is Jack the first guy over to take that defensive zone face-off? That will be a telling point mm-hmm. in the career and development of Jack Eichel.
0: Yeah, you're you're right on the money. Um, that, that will be a moment for him, and that will be – Kind of a, a a a recognition of where he's come and and how much of a complete player he is, he is right now, as as he kind of gets into this next phase. You
1: know the best way to get off the penalty kill, hmm. is to be terrible at it.
0: I don't think he's going to be terrible like, at be, it. Be
1: be absolutely awful at it.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah. I
1: I've seen guys who have no interest in killing penalties, mm-hmm. who have spots in the team. Mm-hmm. And they're put out in a a penalty-kill situation or repped it in practice because they needed a guy to go out and and serve as the penalty-killing team. And they don't even try because they don't (laughs) ever want it to be an option in a game because they have no desire to be on that side of the puck. Mm -hmm. Nothing to do with it.
0: That'd be me. Jack doesn't do that. Mm -mm. Jack's right in there. Yeah, He... He wants that responsibility. He'll set a career high for shorthanded ice time this year.
1: Yep. It's it's already trending in that direction. <laughs> I just wonder how much of a pivotal role he'll play on that kill. and it that will also depend on how effective their kill is,
0: yeah, you've got to perform in that spot. It's not just a situation where you know you put them out there and the intentions are good, but the results aren't aren't necessarily where you need them to be. If he wants that responsibility, as as we believe that he does, he's going to have to go out there and perform at it too.
1: Bruce Cassidy will address this. You'll hear from him uh, later on on hour number two of the VGK Insider Show and his media session that happened earlier today at City National Arena. We also have one-timers, news and notes coming up uh, from around the National Hockey League. Uh, stuff happening as we work our way towards the end of the first week of the National Hockey League preseason. And we're going to update you on a little situation that we're watching inside the control room here at Fox Sports Las Vegas. <laughs> Mark Stone post game last night after the overtime loss against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, the middle stanza had nothing to do with the, the score. It was all about Hayden Hudson hitting Mark Stone in the corner mm-hmm. and then everything erupting. And Hayden Hudson was on the bottom of a pile that uh, had, I believe it was... Nine Stanley Cup rings. <laughs> let's let's add it up. Okay. Three from pet from Martinez. Yep. So there's three. There's three. Two from Petrangelo. Petrangelo. It's five. Then two from Stevenson. Okay. That's uh, seven. Then Howden and Stone.
0: Yep, that's nine. There.
1: So nine Stanley Cup rings banging
2: on Hayden Hodson. Probably the closest he's ever gonna get to one, too. Oh.
0: Oh,
1: that's uh that, you know gracious. what? No. Mark Stone can say that. <laughs>
2: you can't
1: cannot. say that. Oh, I just said no, it though. No that no, he... in 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 all code or respect for the game, oh. respect for the players. I don't know Hayden Hodson. But but the hit was clean. Okay? It was clean. The hit was clean. Was it Dirty because it was on a guy that's had two neck surgeries in the last uh, year, and uh, uh, it's a preseason game, and he's the other team's captain. Is is that slightly dirty? Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Was Vegas fully warranted in the way they responded on the ice? Absolutely. But Derek Englund said it best last night. We didn't know who Hayden Hodson was mm-hmm. before that hit. Yep. We noticed him because of the hit. We noticed him because of the second goal Mm -hmm. with the net front presence. We noticed him because he didn't retaliate when he took a couple of hacks and a cross-check, and he was still getting regular shifts later in the game. Uh, We noticed him more, and he did his job as a guy that's battled through the ECHL and then the American Hockey League to play seven games the last two years with the Philadelphia Flyers and now joining the Los Angeles Kings organization he did his job as potentially a call-up, which is going to make him a whole lot of money if he gets called up a couple of times to the National Hockey League with those, with those game checks. He did his job. It was scary for Mark Stone. Yeah, Mark Stone was as fiery as I've ever seen him. Expressive, but on a Livid. different tone. Yeah, when when he jumped into the fray and then grabbed Brand Clark yeah. by the front of his jersey, I've never seen those <laughs> eyes uh, <laughs> glowing like they were from from Mark Stone last night. And they were glowing. Now, Mark was. We heard the comments. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deal with that guy. I won't, won't have to see him again. He he was still upset. I and, and the, every sport deals with that who's that guy? Uh, yeah. Baseball, it's like, who? who's that guy to throw inside to me? Or uh, hockey, like, you're, you're a chump. He's mm-hmm. minor leaguer. Yeah. Like oh, those, those comments, you'll be sent to the minors before I even get out of bed tomorrow. Those comments have been made forever. Uh, I, I bet you if, if you had it to do over, Mark probably wouldn't go down that path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he never said he wouldn't play in the league. That He's already played in the league. Hayden Hodson. Yeah, absolutely. But I I think there's a difference. Mark deserves to be ticked off yeah. for the hit. Yeah. But the the other stuff, he he would probably tone
0: that back a little bit. I mean, I, the emotion, right? Like I, I think given what Mark's been through over the last two years, Yes. I understand it. I don't I didn't like I didn't have like you, I didn't have a big, big issue with the hit outside of the fact that it's a preseason game. It's the first game for Mark Stone. I don't want to see him get hit like no. that. And Hodgson knows who he's hitting. One hundred percent. Yeah. And and like if I was Hayden Hodgson, I wouldn't do anything different. Repeat, rinse, repeat. One hundred percent. Rinse, repeat. Because he was able to, as you, as you mentioned, and, and as Derek England pointed out, like he was noticeable in that game. He did the things he needed to do to show well to Rob Blake and the Los Angeles Kings front office. Like that's what you've got to do to make an impact. Does. Would it would it be better if it if it wasn't with the physicality sure, but but that's that's his, his he game. has to that's, that's what he's got to do. so I don't have any issue with that i i don't I don't really have an issue with with what Mark said after the game, either like you know me, I love a good sound bite. I love it when Drew Dowdy says things that are, are super inflammatory. And, and I don't even think what Mark said was super inflammatory. I think he was upset. I think he understood that, you know. the, the Oh, he could have been way more blunt. Oh, 100%. He could have. But I think he gets a point across, and you know what? Everyone that's, that's upset about it, you've got at least one or two or probably four or five players on, on your team that you root for right now that, that in the heat of the moment, if they were that angry, would do the exact same thing. Like, Patrick Waugh can't hear Jeremy Roenick because he's got two Stanley Cup rings plugging his ears. Like, that is, that is...
1: That's one Hall NH- of Famer to a guy that wants to be in the Hall of
0: Fame. Right, so <laughs> if, if it's okay there, like, it's fine, it's okay. Uh, but
1: I'm not, I'm not taking a shot at Jeremy there. He actively campaigns to <laughs> wants, be in the Hall of Fame. so badly. I, I don't want people thinking that I'm a hypocrite because of what I told Chapman <laughs> uh,
2: earlier. No. Chapman, you want an apology. No no apologies. You owe an apology. I said what I said. I'm not I'm not apologizing for that. You... I am the voice of the fans. That's what a fan would say. Did you hear the voice of the coach? Which one? Bruce Cassidy? Do I hear it now? No. Did Yes, I heard it. Yes, yes.
1: Some days I can't even I can't, I can't even explain what happens on this show. Well,
2: I don't know if you were like telling me you wanted me to play something or
1: Do
0: I hear it now?
1: Did you did you hear the voice of the coach last night? Yes, yes. He he didn't go after Hayden Hodson.
2: Well, he's the coach.
1: Well, you, you don't know how many coaches no, have oh, gone listen, after I'm, the other team's players for that was uh, unnecessary? That, I, I I understand that that was, that. that was wide open for Bruce Cassidy. Yeah, I,
2: I understand to, that. To offer but, a
1: tirade on, on the Los Angeles but Kings Bruce and was, Hayden Hodson. And, and he, he pulled it back.
2: But he was not on the ice. So I, I get it. He, he the, the, brought
1: it back to our players have to protect themselves. But no, no our players have to protect themselves and be aware that there's other guys who are trying to make impressions on the management and they're going to do that. He, he didn't put that on Los Angeles and those, that lineup last night running around and being disruptive.
0: He put it more on his own guys. Yeah, and and to be fair, like outside of that one hit, they, it wasn't really running around from LA. They were finishing checks. They were doing their job. It was that one play, and and everything else from there was was kind of just, you know, icing on the cake for LA. But again, at, Bruce was was right on the money in that even though it's preseason, even though it's your first game you have to know that there are going to be people in the lineup that are trying to go out there and get noticed. And the easiest way, the best way, especially for a player like Hodgson to get noticed is to go out there and deliver a big check. Did you check. have any idea
1: who Hayden Hodgson was this time yesterday?
0: No, no, I didn't. But that's his game. Like You could see that. Had his you ever glute. heard of that's Hayden Hodgson
1: before yesterday?
2: No, until he took the first penalty. of well, 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 he took a penalty early, I think, in the first period.
1: And then how long did he leave your consciousness?
2: Wasn't he wasn't in my head at all.
1: Right. And we're spending 15 minutes on Hayden Hudson today. And the water coolers. <laughs> way to go, kid. The water coolers are spending a whole lot more time on it. Uh, national media is talking about it. The reaction, uh, because it was Mark Stone that took the hit. Then the reaction. Then the sound bite. The, the kid did his job. And didn't take a penalty no. on on the actual on that on that play hit yeah he took a penalty in the in the stoppage but <laughs> it uh I kind of I appreciate that story I don't want Mark stone hit mm-hmm. I held my breath and watched Mark for the next three shifts to sure. to see any signs that he that he was laboring mm-hmm. I was worried I'm so glad he's okay yep but I have an appreciation for what that kid did last night. It, like, he's an ECHL guy yeah. who just got bumped to the to the American Hockey League and then got two different stints with the Philadelphia Flyers the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a fringe NHLer at best. And he's working his tail off mm-hmm. to to get up to the to the highest level and didn't hold back because he knows to make a living or the, to make a couple of NHL checks, he's got to be able to do it, and, and he did it. I don't, I don't condone the cheap shot or violence mm-hmm. or taking advantage of somebody, certainly with, with neck uh, issues like, like Mark Stone has had, but I do have a soft
0: spot for the, the guy that's grinding out a career. He went out there and he did what he had to do. And, and was and, legal with and, it. And and any any of if we were in that same spot, if you were in that same spot, Chapman, and you wanted to make an impact, if you wanted to try to push and push and push to get into the league, you do the same thing.
2: Yeah, and look, i I never once said I had an issue with the hit. I mean, look, we, we all sit an in the we, issue with We've all sat him. up there and, and we've all been like, Yeah, when, when Brady McNabb hip checks someone and sends them flying into the boards or when Ivan,
0: Ivan Barbashev, the hit yeah, on Radko Gudis. When when Ryan
2: Reeves used to destroy people, you know, I, we,
0: I, I think those are different because
1: like this was the NHL preseason. Well, that that's why this hit takes on a life of its own.
2: But you can't justify it by saying you like that, but you can't do it in the preseason. I mean the way I look at it, if you're trying to make the league, and like Ryan's saying, that's how you're going to get noticed, you, you, you have to do it. So, I mean, I don't have an issue with it. People, I, just, I just think it's funny. People didn't
1: have an issue with it because of the preseason, and I think it walked the line of being dirty mm. because it's the preseason, and it's on Mark Stone. It was legal, but it was dirty. But if, if Hayden Hodgson's going to play in the National Hockey League, he has to finish that check.
0: Hundred percent.
2: Yeah, if he pulls up and doesn't hit stone, then Todd McClellan's yelling and screaming in his ear.
0: Why it, it was right there? Yeah. It, Why didn't you, want, you if finish you want that to be check? Impactful. You've got to finish every single
2: check. Yeah. So I mean, there, there's no. I don't have an issue with it. I just enjoy, you know, chirping a little bit.
1: What do you think he was having run through his mind? And he's on the, on the bottom of that pile.
2: I think he kind of enjoyed it.
1: I bet he did. I I think he was like. Perfect. I I don't know whether he did. No, I just based on his reaction after how he held it all together, and there wasn't there was some chirping more from the Vegas mm -hmm. penalty box, and I love it. Those the they call them (laughs) lipstick cameras that uh, that are in the because they're small little (laughs) cameras in the penalty box. Uh, When when I'm seeing guys chirp back and forth across the penalty box, uh, timekeepers, I I think that's one of my favorite parts Mm -hmm. of the game. To be honest,
0: yeah.
2: I don't think not Brent Clark enjoyed that
0: well Brent Clark, that was that
1: was tough that'
2: <laughs> listen, he he was in a tough spot
1: <laughs> that's way overblown, all right <laughs> I love the the fire in Mark Stone's eyes, mm-hmm. but I heard from a couple of people, mm-hmm. some scouts, one of them an l a scout today, and we've been going back and forth, and at times it's been. Sarcastic at times. It's been like, just stop it, all right? He he <laughs> he wasn't very happy with what happened, especially with the with Brandt Clark uh, mm-hmm. situation. And I've read different different uh, postings about it. People not happy that a veteran like Mark Stone would yep. grab a kid like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Nothing happened. No. Yeah. He just <laughs> stared at him and, and <laughs> spoke very sternly to him. Yeah. And I tell my kids all the time. I didn't yell. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I spoke to you sternly. Sure. That's very different than I, if I want to yell, mm-hmm. you'll know it. Mm-hmm. Mark Stone was very point blank, right in the kid's face. But, and he could have punched him. Mm-hmm. He could have fought him. He, he, he could have uh, shoved him around and, and thrown him <laughs> into the glass. None of that happened. The, the Brant Clark altercation in, mm-hmm. the, in the whole melee was massively overblown.
0: I, I don't think that at any point in time Mark Stone was ever going to do anything no. other than grab onto him <laughs> and and tell him you don't want to do this. I thought he you showed composure. Be- yeah. I to a degree, sure. And like listen, it's Brant Clark is is a 20-year-old kid, right? But he's also on the ice. He's also trying to prove himself. He's also doing something uh, where, where he's trying to make an NHL team. Like, if you get into an 82-game season and tempers are going to flare, there are going to be opportunities where that stuff happens, and you won't have guys show the same restraint that Mark Stone did in that moment. I think he showed immense restraint there. and I also But, but I also don't think he was ever going to throw a punch.
2: No, I don't think so either.
0: I wonder if anybody landed a
1: punch on Hayden Hodgson in that.
0: I have no idea.
1: Because you're right at the bottom. <laughs> we're going to do this tomorrow night. I don't know whether she's listening or not. Okay. Ashley, if you're listening, we're going to do this tomorrow night. Ashley, if you're not listening, we're going to surprise you with this tomorrow night. <laughs> Watch the video of, of that melee. And then the, there's the camera from across the rink. All right? We'll come back, and you'll tell me what you see. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas we got to work on some communication here because I'm starting to talk thinking that we're coming back. And then clips are going. You're not giving me any cues. I'm looking at Ryan. Ryan's giving me the hands up in the air. Well, he's laughing. I don't know.
2: He's laughing. He's still laughing.
1: Because he doesn't know anything that's going on either. So you saw the melee. I did. What did he notice on the melee?
0: Ashley Weiss had the best seat in the house.
1: Right there on the glass. (laughs) Right
0: there. Right in front of her. Unreal.
1: I think Ashley may have thrown a couple of punches too. It's possible. Front row seat.
0: She was in the right place at the right time.
1: Uh, tracking something from the control room will uh, keep you up to date. Uh, there's a, a, a big situation developing in Fox Sports Las Vegas. And we'll let you hear Bruce Cassidy and bring you one-timers. Huge news out of Tampa Bay. Coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas.